Hello and welcome to Des Isolation Discs. My guest today is an effervescent front woman. Born in Kansas and now a London native, she's from the Sunflower State but traded it all for London Town. Her unique brand of folktronica and country has won her fans across the world. She's known as Angela Penholigan, she's a Shalala, she's Piney Gear, she's even been Shadow Plays Agni Ant, but today she's my guest on Desert Isolation Discs. She once said in an interview, I don't stop, I get up, I work, I do music until the early hours of the morning, and then I do it all again, every day. Making music and performing music is creative and uplifting, and it's what makes me tick. Angela, hello, and welcome to Desert Isolation Discs. (laughs) It sounds like music is a pretty central part of your life. So today's exercise of picking the eight songs that you couldn't live without in a desert probably quite tricky for you oh my god it was so hard and i bet if you asked me again tomorrow it would be a whole new set of tracks but this is just what i felt today <laughs> well you only get one go i know so that's it. <laughs> i know but you know every day music is a moving art so today this is how i feel uh, yeah exactly yeah. has your attitude to music changed in your life and how it sort yeah yeah, well, you just discover and learn and get excited about new music, get excited about old music that's new to you and all that kind of thing. Yeah. So I'm constantly discovering and getting excited and it inspires me to make my own music. And, mm. you know, I think I'll always love music, like a big passion. Yeah, of yeah. course, of course. And so what's the first track that you've got for us today well i'm worried you'll think i'm really pretentious never because it's um mozart don't you know um non so pu non so pu cosa son which is an aria from la nozza de figaro mm-hmm. and it's um it's actually i always like mozart because i describe him like the Katy perry of his era like he was <laughs> like the pop music of his time and um, I still think it's really catchy mm. and really accessible. So why yeah. not enjoy a little Mozart now and then? Mm. When did you first hear it? Um, well, I guess I always listened to classical music and church music mm. growing up. And um, I didn't really get into opera until university mm. where I studied voice. And I actually sang this aria. Um, <laughs> and and it was I just fell in love with Mozart and, you know, I guess in the same way that if you're a music snob and you say your favorite (laughs) band is Katy Perry, people might go, oh God, that's not very interesting, but (laughs) I really like Mozart guys. So, you know, Radio 3, shoot me, but I really like it. So (laughs) Fantastic. Let's hear it. some Mozart there, um, Piney. So that was from your from your childhood. And how come then you were mainly exposed to classical music uh, 
Yeah. Well, my um, my parents were super religious. They mm. met on a Jesus people commune right. where they like prayed and harvested berries and nuts from the forest and made stew and mm. whatever. And they met there and um, it was all about Jesus and it always was. And, and I mm. went to church more than I I care to remember <laughs> growing up. So, um, and, and then, you know, my parents, they really wanted me to be some kind of successful genius type kid. I don't know. So I got mm. pushed into taking classical piano lessons and <laughs> learning French and doing long division and all this kind of stuff that <laughs> I've since forgotten. But... Hedging their bets there. Plenty of different <laughs> I talents. think so, yeah. Um, but yeah, so it, it, church music uh, and classical music, I grew up with that stuff mm. and, and I still love it you know yeah I, I haven't shunned the past no. i've just moved forward with it all so yeah. yeah and do you what's your relationship like with your parents for you know yeah. for them being very devout well, in that way or? my mom is no longer quite so devout oh. um and and so my dad is now he has a prison ministry in seattle and goes oh, wow. to jail every sunday and does a sermon for the inmates and people say oh you've saved my life you know thank you for helping me find god and i think mm. that's a wonderful thing to do for people to yeah. give them hope and mm. make them feel good in a in a hard place like jail mm. so that's cool and and my mom still lives in Kansas City so mm. she's um, doing her thing and I'm gonna go back and see her for 4th of July and <laughs> all that kind of stuff so yeah. you know it's good it's it's good they're just we're all doing our thing and mm. and um, you know it's it's made me who I am today all that crazy yeah. stuff so do you- yeah. Um, what was it like growing up in Kansas City? What, what's it like yeah. to, to be a teenager in? Yeah. And, and uh, was did that have a big bearing on you then that your parents were, uh, yeah, very um, devout yeah. Christians? And, well, I felt really guilty when I discovered Guns N' Roses and <laughs> Depeche Mode and stuff. And I was just like, oh, my God, I'm going to hell because I really hmm. like this music. And... I can't help it, so I Did must be going or? to hell. <laughs> well, by then my parents had split, so I would play it at home, and mm. it was kind. Of, my mom was kind of fine with it. Mm. Um, but growing up pre Guns and Roses was just <laughs> like, yeah, you know, we just listened to good wholesome. Yeah. I mean, if you want to Google it, I don't even know what you'll find. But I used to love Music Machine, mm. which was like this kids Christian record and they made like a few of them and yeah do you know sounds music like machine per- sounds like something perfect to sample for yes Heine it Gear probably record. would be yeah yeah um there was this song with a snail and he sang about being patient because he was so slow so what's the next choice you've got for us oh uh, what have i got i've got camel walk by southern culture on the skids mm. and i discovered them when I saw a band called the Porn Huskers play a gig at Davies Uptown. If you're in Kansas City, you know Davies. Um, and it was a Christmas concert. Mm. And they played, before they went on stage, they played the very first South Park mm. before it was ever on TV. And it was far ruder and more oh, really? grim than the than what you would see on TV. Yeah. And I loved it. <laughs> um, and then the gig was fantastic. And they have this song, Camel Walk, which has a dance that goes with it. And oh, yes. My friend Tex, she was a bodybuilder and she had a massive beehive and she got up on stage and did the camel walk. And <laughs> it, it's just a really good memory for me. It was a really good night and I love this band and I've since seen them play about 
about three or four times. So <laughs> enjoy. Well, we need. It yeah. sounds like we need to learn how to do the camel walk. Yeah. And now we need to listen to it. So yeah, let, I'm let's doing go. it now. So we're doing it in the studio. Yeah. <laughs> We've had some camel walking in the studio, and I can confirm it's a great dance. <laughs> Ew, <thanks. laughs> um, so, obviously, then you uh, took uh, the, your opera degree, but you kind of fell into doing an opera degree That's at, right. at Kansas City. Yeah, yeah. It was. Um, I went there. I really wanted to desperately leave Kansas City. Mm. Sorry, Kansas City. <laughs> um, Kansas City is great, but you always want to leave where you're from, right? Mm. So, um, but I, I got a scholarship to this music school, and it was local, and it was kind of cheap, and mm. I just with. With American college fees, what they are, mm. I just had to go there. And I got a good music education, mm. but I set out to study drums and percussion. And then I lived in this kind of ghetto apartment and it got robbed and I couldn't afford <laughs> to replace my marimba and all my drums and sticks and everything. So I changed my major to voice, mm. which everyone thinks is weird because <laughs> not many people do that. But I was just like, well, I sing pretty well and no one can steal your voice. Mm. And um, I had to audition, and they went, you know what? Yeah, you go ahead. You can sing. Go ahead. So I studied opera, and, you know, that was weird in itself because yeah. before then I'd never even seen an opera. Really? But I love singing, and I just thought, oh, well, yeah, let's do it. And you what's know? the opera scene like in Kansas? Oh, it's pretty small. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, you know, a lot of good people have left there and gone on to sing at the New York Met mm. or um, a girl I did my senior recital with sang at the Vienna Opera mm. House and stuff. So, I mean, it produces some pretty good singers, you know. Were you ever tempted to, to go down that path? And... Yes, but, you know, your whole life is governed by this tiny little voice box mm. and it didn't suit me to not eat ice cream or not stay out late <laughs> watching indie bands and because you have to no. shout over loud music and then you're damaging your voice and it's like you know what i that's not for me no. so i i i learned a lot like how to tour and not damage your voice when you're singing night after night yeah. or how to support a sound you know and and i had to kind of unlearn my vibrato because that's not very indie and yeah. so your third choice today is sort of linked to that time isn't it that's right yeah i discovered stereo total in kansas city at recycled sounds which was my favorite record shop and i go there and hang out and everyone would listen to records with headphones and talk about how cool this album was or that album was and i got really into momus and there was a label called bungalow and Japanese pop and I got into all this stuff that was just so far away from Kansas City because I couldn't physically get away I mentally got away through music <laughs> and I discovered Stereo Total and I loved them because they were all cool and they had all this sassy attitude 
and they were like French and German, and they were just cool. So this is Holiday Inn. Stereo Total there with Holiday Inn. I'm here with Piney Gear, my guest on Desert Isolation Discs today. <laughs> um, so after you'd uh, been to university in Kansas, mm-hmm. um, you, you actually moved over to London in 1998, wasn't it? Yeah, um, that's right. Well, remember. <laughs> so what made you want to move over to the UK? Yeah, well, I actually did one cheeky semester here <laughs> in 96. And I, um, I loved it. I absolutely loved it. I loved the music. I loved the culture. I loved the quirky, weird people. <laughs> do you still feel very much an American kind of citizen, or do, do you? Yeah, I do. Like it's, it's funny. I, London feels like my home, mm. but I feel very American here. You know, I'm like, hey, y'all. <laughs> and you know, this weekend I made mac and cheese balls that are deep fried, and you know, it's like you can take the girl out of Kansas, but you can't take the Kansas. Is out of the girl, <laughs> so I'm here, and I, I very much feel like a, an alien, but it's kind of a nice feeling. And do yeah. you sort of play up to that in a group, or do um, you tend to? Depends on the group, I yeah, suppose. Okay. Yeah. yeah, but um, but <laughs> it's fun. It's fun to toggle between cultures, and I feel like a citizen of the world. <laughs> so, yeah. what were your like early memories of being an alien in? Yeah, being an alien. Well, it was weird because I didn't know anybody. I literally came here and I didn't know anybody. Mm. And I was a barmaid at the Medicine Bar on Upper Street, which isn't there anymore. But it was really cool when it was there. And I met these really nice people. And I did some courses at St. Martin's and met some more really nice people. And Mm. it was just such a freeing time for me. And I think I'd been faunching to leave Kansas City, no disrespect, Kansas City, because I love you, but uh-huh. um, just for uh, you know, shake things up a bit for myself, yeah. and um, and I did it, and I did it in quite an extreme way, you know. <laughs> um, and, and do you see yourself always staying in London? I don't know. Hmm. Yeah, good question. I don't know. I'm starting to miss the sunshine. Well, I should say that we've actually escaped the rain, uh, a rainy uh, April day, uh, to come into Piney's Sugartown Studios That's right. uh, yeah. in, in Hackney. And we're very happy to be here. We've got your signed picture of Dolly Parton on yes. the wall. And uh, yeah, no, it's fantastic. So yeah, your next tune has, uh, relates to this verse. Yeah, well, it's London is the Place for Me by Lord Kitchener. And it's about the sunniest London song I could find. London is the place for me London, this lovely city You can go to France or America India, Asia or Australia But you must come back to London City Well, believe me, I am speaking broad-mindedly 
country I've been traveling to countries years ago But this the place I wanted to know London, that's the place for me I think we're all feeling quite patriotic towards London Town after that song. <laughs> um, so, you started out as Angela, but you are, to, to a lot of our listeners, you, they'll know you as Piney. How, when did Piney first come about? I came to London and I realised I studied classical music, but maybe that's not the music I naturally want to make, mm. um, and started writing my own songs. I was in Vic 20, which was a synth-pop duo, and then mm. um, got signed to Truck records as a solo artist piney gear mm. and and i've been making records ever since you know um <laughs> and yeah um, are you and piney the same person Do you well think we are yeah i mean i i when i was tiny 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 i called myself piney mm-hmm. um and i have no idea where that came from or why i started calling myself that mm. but people would just be like what's your name little girl and i'd go i'm piney <laughs> and they'd go oh okay like <laughs> what a crazy name you yeah. know um and my mom would go no you're angela and i go no i'm not <laughs> i'm piney you know get it right woman yeah. <laughs> um and and gear because i could never say girl properly you you found a, a fan base relatively quickly didn't you, you well, know, i was your very lucky was, yeah uh, it was incredibly well received thank you because yeah. it's fantastic thank you um, and uh yeah. yeah you went touring i mean we first met when you were supporting a radio yeah, that's right when yeah. you were doing two gigs a night as you were telling me in the park yeah and, yeah it was uh, pretty uh yeah grueling but a wonderful experience to to gig and gig and gig and gig i mean Mm. i feel like i've really found how to be on stage because i think you have to learn that you know it's daunting if if you've never done it to get up there and just hi everybody it's tiny you know you have to figure out how to make that work and do you think that 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 is a way that you can have a bit of a persona to to you know remove yourself from it and yeah it kind of gives you a little leg to stand on you know because i i guess i'm not super shy but everyone has a little part of them that's like vulnerable and you wouldn't necessarily want that want to share that with the whole wide world Mm. because it's your human being you know so for me it helps to have that little bit of persona to go well that's when i'm on stage i'm piney so yeah it's it's definitely you feel more weight as a front person when Mm. you're the one who's like i'm piney this is me this is my wonderful band Mm. and i'm blessed to have these players and i have to say even if they're not speaking or singing they're completely contributing vast amounts of stage presence and wonderful music and great musicianship and and i would be nothing without them Mm. but when you're fronting it it's a different vibe than when you're sharing that that responsibility so um yeah it's definitely very different Mm. you know and what's the next track you've got? The next track today? I chose is By the Sleepy Lagoon, which is an Eric Coates song. And mm. I chose it because um, it's the Desert Island Discs song. And if I was... The show that must not be mentioned. Well, if I was stuck <laughs> in the actual desert mm. and I was on an oasis, because I assume that's where the deserted You'll island is. You'll be well looked after, yeah. Is, um, I would, I'd listen to Radio 4, you know, and if I didn't have reception, then this song would remind me of one of my favorite shows.
So I'm here with my guest on Desert Isolation Discs, Piney Gear, and we were talking about um, your career as a musician there. Mm. Um, so Piney has evolved quite a lot, hasn't she? Yeah. She, uh, she was folktronica, so we were talking yes. about it, and then um, you began uh, playing country music. That's right. Uh, why was that, and what do you see the future of Piney's style being? Yeah, well, um, the country incarnation exists because Piney was electro mm. initially, kind of like you say, folktronic with bits of real instruments. Plenty of guitar. Exactly. Mm. And then um, I got asked to play this working men's club with an Americana band. And I thought, those guys aren't going to like <laughs> me. Like, I just do this weird music. So I got some friends together to do country covers of my first album. <laughs> and we did a set, a proper country set, because I'm from Kansas, don't you know? Mm. And um, and it went down an absolute storm. And I have to say, I, I didn't expect that. I'm it was surprised. just like a novelty <laughs> set for us, you know, friends making some music. Yeah. And and it was like, oh, will you play my festival? And when are you going to release an album? And oh my God, that was amazing. And I just thought, what yeah. have I done? So, so we go, oh yeah, sure, we'll play your festival. Oh yeah, we'll make an album. And it just kind of like evolved pretty organically as some friends just making some music mm. and um so the first roadshow album sort of half covers of the first album and half new material we wrote together as a group mm. and then um did a lot of touring and that album did well for us and then i did another kind of folktronic album with the age of reason which mm. is a bit more um insular mm. and then another roadshow album uh, which was probably our last roadshow album because those guys have gone off and got married and had kids and uh-huh. done all that stuff. All that. So, you know, I still see them ra- around at the pub now and then, but mm-hmm. they're they're pretty busy with other stuff. Um, but you're... I do think Jesus Wept was, you know, it was a fun record to make with Absolutely. those guys. And then Geronimo was my most recent album. Um, and I made that in LA with um, Rob Campanella from mm-hmm. the Jonestown Massacre, and and he's got an amazing studio. Yeah. And we churned that album out in six days because wow. it was sunny and gorgeous, and we were just making music, and it just flowed like that. Um, but this album I'm making now, we're mm-hmm. making in this in very studio. hackney studio that we're in, um, and it's being mixed. It's almost finished, and Fantastic. I can't wait to unleash it expect? on the world. How to describe it it's it's indie pop but it's kind of i don't want to sound pretentious with it but there's a, a little bit of like some steve reiki like repetitive classical elements but not in a fusion way because that would be maybe wanky <laughs> but it's kind of just it's a little bit flaming lips Ish. Mm. I don't know. It's really hard to pigeonhole. Oh, yeah. You're the first person to ask as well. And I'm like, wow, I don't oh, you, know. You've wetted my appetite. When, yeah. when, when's it going to um, be unleashed upon the world? Any ideas? Well, it should be mixed any day now. And um, I think we'll start rolling it out in the fall. So I have time to make videos and do the yeah. artwork and that kind of thing. Um, but I'm really excited with how it's shaping up. Excellent. We well, yeah, can't wait to hear it. I'm sure it will make a few uh, people's Desert Isolation discs themselves I one day. I hope so. <laughs> yeah.
So what's the next piece of music you've got for us? It's, uh, it's one that's very dear to your yeah. heart. Yeah, well, I love Dolly Parton. Mm. As you can see by my signed autograph picture of Dolly's Dolly down on the wall. Um, yeah, and this is 9 to 5 because it gets me going in the morning. Lovely. Tumble out of bed and I stumble to the kitchen Pour myself a cup of ambition And yawn and stretch and try to come to life Jump in the shower and the blood starts pumping Out on the streets the traffic starts jumping With folks like me on the job from nine to five Working nine to five What a Dolly Parton there, and I think you're quite excited yeah. to see her at Glastonbury, aren't I you, can't Angela? Wait. <laughs> um, so, the, I mean, the lyrics of her song sort of say it all there. You know, you, uh, you've had uh, lots of nine to fives in the uh, in the music industry. Yeah. Uh, you've worked for some of the biggest labels in this industry: uh, Beggars Banquet, EMI, Universal, uh, and Mute. Um, how do you find juggling a day job uh, and you know recording as pioneer and gigging? Uh, is that a difficult balance? Yes. In a word, yes. <laughs> mm. But it's um, it kind of depends a bit on your employers and their how, how much they accept you mm. and what you are and what you do. Mm. I mean, some people would go, oh, Piney is your hobby. That's cute. And I'd be like, okay, you don't get this at all, do you? Because um, it's very important to me. It's mm. kind of, I, I don't feel right if I don't do it. Yeah. So um, the balance, if it's not right, it can kill kill me, mm. like metaphorically. So um yeah, it's difficult, and finding the balance has been a real tough one. Yes. Um, but I've learned an awful lot from every step of that journey, so I do don't regret the... it ever, you know. How do you keep the motivation going? And also, have you ever been close to going full-time with Pioneer or, or um, you know, trying to yeah. really gun for that? Well, I mean, it's just money, really. Yeah. Um, it's. It, I hate to sound cliched, mm. but um, people don't buy music like they used to. Mm. And I think if I was a band in the 60s or even the 90s, I'd have a flourishing career as a singer-songwriter and tour the world and yeah. and all that. But that's not how music is consumed these days. Yeah. It's, it, and that's, that's fine. I don't lament it because mm. this is how I live. This is the world we're in. Um, but but it must... means you have to be creative about how you make ends meet and how you balance your work life mm. kind of conundrum. And I mean, do you, do you have any resentment for it? Cause obviously you, you've worked in, in the music industry yeah. and they've, you know, obviously had to sort of puzzle over it, uh, yeah. in, in their own way. But from a, from a musician's point of view, you know, when you're talking to someone down the pub and they say, Oh yeah, I, download your album or I got yeah. it off Spotify for free or whatever. Yeah. I, I mean, is that, does I guess, it rankle with you at all? Or? I kind of, 
I love that my music connects and that's really my goal. Like I didn't go into music to be a millionaire, which mm. is thank God, or I'd be really disappointed, <laughs> but I went into music because I have this in me and I desperately want it to connect with other people. Mm. And it, that's performing live or selling records or whatever it is. If you're connecting, it's really satisfying. And that's why I do it. Um, so you can curse it and, mm. or, or just go, Hey, it's great. My music connects. Yeah. And that's, I genuinely am just delighted. My music connects. Mm. And if anyone wanted to buy my album, that would make a difference. Fantastic. And if you want to stream it, cool. Cause as long as you like it, yeah. you know, um, I'm happy. So what's the next track you've got for us today? What have I got? I've got Wanda Jackson, Funnel of Love, because I love Wanda. She's such a legend. She's still out there working it, and I think that's <laughs> awesome, and I want to be like that one day. Um, and I had the, the pleasure of supporting her at the Luminaire before it shut down, and mm. it's just such a beautiful memory for me and kind of a... A, a magic evening, you know, where I got to meet Wanda Jackson and she called me Penny Gear and stuff. And I was just like, oh, you can call me whatever you want, Wanda. Um, so, yeah, this is Funnel of Love, my favorite Wanda song. Wanda Jackson there and we were just reminiscing about the passive aggressive signs in the <laughs> Luminaire in Kilburn which yeah. uh, used to tell you to be sure, uh, to be quiet when you when the bands were on which you know is, uh, is good respect for yeah. the bands. Um, so one of uh, Piney Girl's many um, uh, appearances yeah. uh, in public was this uh, PG Tips the resident agony aunt That's right. of Shadow Play Fanzine my, my <laughs> own fanzine and uh, it's was one of our most popular features and still is. Yeah. Um, so Aww. why not bring it to the world of podcasting? Uh, we've got a couple of questions that, that have come in for us. Oh, my um, goodness. No, this has totally sprung on me, by the way. <laughs> yeah, so uh, you'll, you'll, have to, uh, you'll have to forgive uh, Andrew. She's got to, to come up with something at yeah. short, short notice. But I'll read the first one out, which has come to me anonymously. Okay. It says, Dear Piney, I'm genuinely confused as to which way to vote in the referendum over Scottish independence. Oh. I have a patriotic passion for deep-fried Mars bars, but <laughs> can't imagine life without enjoying watching toffs like David Cameron cheering on Dan Andy Murray at Wimbledon. <laughs> Please help. Um, and I have to say, I didn't read that in the voice of the original okay. contributor. Uh, he was Scottish. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so uh, what do you say? I Should they... <laughs> um, You know what? It, politics is an area I try and steer clear of because it's uh, so many people are passionate mm. about it and it's like religion or anything else that you really 
you can argue your side, but there's always a valid other side. Mm-hmm. But that being said, everyone wants their freedom. Mm. It's a bit like when you leave home, isn't it? And you're skinned, but you're like <laughs> delighted that you can drink beer on a Monday night if you want or yes. eat cookies for dinner. <laughs> um, so, Just like that. Yeah, I, I can't answer that quandary. Mm. All I can do is and put it, a perspective on it. And have you ever had a deep fried Mars bar? Or what's your favorite kind of British food if, if you have? Ah, I had my first deep fried Mars bar this Christmas, this recent Christmas. <laughs> Christmas Day. <laughs> well, it was just before and it was, um, I couldn't eat the whole thing. I had like three bites and it it was pretty good, but mm. more more delicious than I expected. <laughs> but it was far too rich and sweet for me to. They're quite something, aren't finish. they? Yeah. yeah. You should try a deep fried bounty. Uh, my dad uh, helped me get one of those ah. when I was younger. And, uh, yeah, burn your tongue on coconut. That's that's ah, an experience. Delightful. <laughs> and so our second question uh-huh. we've got, um, says, "Dear Piney, do you know how the hell you make money out of fanzines and podcasts?" <laughs> This one's just signed with the initials A-L. Ah, I wonder who that is. How the hell? You could get a sponsor. That's true. Perhaps Mars and Bounty would exactly. sponsor you, I'll, whoever I'll, you are out there. I'll get them yeah. to write to them. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so what's the final track that you've got for us today? Ah, it's the Pixies and it's Here Comes Your Man. And I love the Pixies and they make this song makes me think of my man. And that's kind of cute and maybe sickeningly cute, like a Mars bar that's Tell us about Gary then. He's also uh, a musician, Yeah, isn't he? How he is. He... How did I hated his guts when I met him. <laughs> I met him backstage at Truck Festival, and he was with someone wearing a Kansas City Royals baseball cap. <laughs> so I went bouncing up to them. Oh, my God, I'm from Kansas City. Blah, and they were drunk or something mm. and um, really not interested in talking to me. And I thought, what, what a rude couple of boys. I was just being nice. <laughs> and then... Um, Shlalala's played with Gold Rush at the cellar in Oxford. And I said, oh, remember me from truck? And he was like, no. And I was like, well, F you then, mister. <laughs> Thought, oh, what a jerk. And then I went to truck, truck studios with the roadshow to record Lucky Me. Mm. And he showed up, and I was a bit like, what are you doing here, <laughs> you awful man? And he was like, oh... I was invited. Yeah. And he kind of helped write Lucky Me. And then I was kind of like, oh, I guess he's not that bad, you know. Sounds like playground attraction to me. Kind (laughs) of, yeah. And then he pulled my hair and chased me around the playground. No. (laughs) And then, actually, we were just friends for a while, you Mm. know. And I, I assessed that he was not an asshole. And, um, it was quite a slow burner, Mm. our our uh, relationship mm. but this song makes me think of him and that's so sappy so i'm sorry but this sappy is here is comes good. your man um, if yeah. sappy means the pixies then so be yeah. it because that's fantastic thanks
Pixies there, your final track, Angela, and uh, what a great way to finish. Um, so, yeah, you're stranded in a desert island. How yeah. do you think you would cope? Um, well, I love being warm, mm. so I'd be kind of fine with that. Mm. I assume that there must be some kind of oasis situation where there's like a lake and a palm tree, right? We'll give you somewhere to chill out. Okay. <laughs> so, you know, as long as I've got that. And you've got the camel walk to, Yeah, you know, I can walk like in. a camel and that'll be cool. <laughs> um, yeah, I think I'd be fine. <laughs> yeah. Um, so we've heard your eight tracks. If you were only able to keep one uh, to save from the the crash that's put you into the oh. desert, what would it be? Oh, my good God. That's such a hard choice because, like, they each have mm. such meaning. I know. We're not very kind, are we? No. <laughs> I mean, I guess maybe I would pick... Though it's a tough call. It's between Camel Walk because it's so apt mm. or Pixies because I love the Pixies and it has such a nice connotation. But then 9 to 5 would be good because I could celebrate that I don't have to go to work anymore. That's true. You know, like, ha-ha. Um, oh, let's go Pixies. <laughs> yeah. It's a fantastic track. Mm-hmm. Um and also, we, uh, we're very kind on Desert Isolation Discs in that we give you the Tiger Who Came to Tea and also the complete Red Dwarf box set, which you'll obviously ah, need when you're there. Ah, cool. What other luxury item would you like to take? Um, I would love a really big comfy bed <laughs> with pillows and all that. Just a nice, comfy place to relax. You'll have plenty of time and you've got some great records yeah. to listen to. A nice, comfy bed is yours. Yeah. Angela, it's been fantastic Thanks. having you on Desert Isolation Dis. Thank you very much for listening. Uh, remember, any likeness to any uh, radio shows, alive or dead, is entirely coincidental. And uh, we'll see you next time. <laughs> Thank you.